11 to 1. Monday motivation. Motivation. On LMFM. Working in the media is a fairly cutthroat business. One day you're riding the crest of a wave and the next everything can come crashing down. My next guest can relate. He's probably best known as being main host of Breakfast Republic on 2FM Radio, a very popular radio show that ran for about five years. However, last year his world came crashing down when he learned that the show was being axed. A show that he had sacrificed an awful lot for. He'd poured everything into. Just like that, it was gone. This was the catalyst for a breakdown in his own mental health. He struggled to deal with the rejection and things came to a head until he decided to give therapy a go. Towards the end of last year, he decided to post a powerful message about his experiences with mental health issues on his social media. And it sparked an important conversation and changed things. I'm delighted to have one of the coolest guys working in radio on 11 to 1 with me today for Monday Motivation, Keith Walsh. It's an absolute pleasure. How are you doing? You're very kind, Sinead. Thank you very much. I'm not that cool. I'm more, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of losing it. I used to be very cool, you know. <laughs> As age <laughs> progresses, is that it? Yeah, I'm too honest these days, you know. <laughs> but bring me back a little bit to the start, because was, uh, was being on radio always part of the plan for you career-wise? Not necessarily, no. I just kind of, um, I got caught up in it. I got swept along with it. Uh, I had studied acting and performance was my thing, really, when I was young. And um, yeah, just the radio thing came out of, I was working with a friend of mine, Joe, and we were kind of writing comedy bits for radio, like sketches and stuff. And we ended up getting a radio show out of mm. it. And, and the comedy bits got, you know, over the years, the comedy bits got less and the presenting got more. So I just became more of a presenter than a writer and a performer, you know. And tell me then about the, about the early days of Breakfast Republic, because, you know, you must have felt like the guy who'd won the golden ticket. I mean, you can't really get much bigger than hosting a breakfast show on national radio. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite the I mean, I, I think definitely there was a time where I thought, you know, getting to national radio, you kind of feel like you've there's not that many people that are going to get to present the breakfast show on 2FM. OK, mm. you know, every, everybody's kind of grown up listening to it. And uh, I, I kind of felt I got to a point where that opportunity had probably passed me by. And I was working with Joe again and on Phantom. We were happy, ha- very happy doing a breakfast show there, just tipping away. And uh, I had worked with Bernard O'Shea and Dan Healy, who was running 2FM at the time, uh, a little bit in iRadio. And they were looking for a new breakfast show. So they gave me a shout. So it was an, it was a, it was a difficult sort of time because I then had to, tur- you know, kind of leave what I liked doing with Joe and Obviously, you can't turn something like that down. Um, so it was a, it was kind of a I was delighted, but also it was tinged with like like everything in life. Do you know? What yeah, I mean? it's never that straightforward. Uh, so it was a bittersweet time in my life, you know. Yeah. And, you know, if I was to go back, say, about a year or two ago, you know, from from the outside, you seemed to be living this charmed life. You know, uh, Keith Walsh, host of Breakfast Republic. It's hugely popular. You're having the crack. God, hasn't he a great life? But there was a very different picture going on with you internally, wasn't there? Well, I suppose there was. But I mean, at the time, if you'd if you'd met me, I would have said I was having the crack and it was all good. Um, But I think I'd just gone. I was kind of coasting really along and I describe it as just feeling like people had asked me questions like, how's work? And I'd be like, yeah, I think it's okay. It seems okay." Mm. And I joke like, well, I haven't got sacked yet. You know, I didn't really really (laughs) tuned into what was going on, if you know what I mean. Like everything was grand. And I thought that being grand was okay. like even at home with the family, like you know, I'd be grand. Yeah. Are you are you there? Oh no, have we lost him? <laughs> 
Ah, okay. In radio, in live radio, this happens, you know. Live, live situation. I'm going to take a quick break of music and we try and get Keith back. Hang on there. Yeah, a musical interlude there, Kings of Leon, Sex on Fire. We have Keith Walsh back on the line. Sinead, Sinead, you see, they don't want you talking about mental health, you see. The, the man doesn't want me talking about He doesn't. He doesn't. He's shutting me down. The show is going to go on no matter what. Uh, you know, but, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, um, speaking out and stuff like that, was it the perception that if I open up about how I'm feeling, that people are going to look at me dif- differently? And also, I'm going to have to admit that there is actually a problem. Yeah, totally. Like I think when I was doing the breakfast show, like if you, I, I would have felt like if you, if I'd gone to somebody and said I'm struggling with this, you know, because uh, I was starting to have panic attacks, you know. So my my body was telling me there was something wrong, but I I kind of couldn't really. I didn't have time to listen to it, and I felt like if I went to somebody and said, you know, as the as the sort of there's there's a fair bit of responsibility uh, as being the, I suppose the main man mm. on the breakfast show on two FM, and I felt the responsibility now. I felt that if I went to somebody and said, look, I'm struggling here, you know, they go, well, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Now, I'm not saying that's true. And I could have gone to speak to somebody and they could have said, OK, sure, look, take take some time off. And they probably would have done that. But do you, do you know, in your in my own head? Oh, like, in your head, this is what's going on. Like, Keith, I absolutely relate to what you're talking about, because essentially I am the only person on this show. Like, there's nobody behind hmm. the scenes. It is me doing this show. There's nobody else. And I absolutely can relate to, to, to what you're saying there. And it is that kind of pressure of, oh, my God, are they going to tell me that um, you're not going to, you, you can't handle it. Uh, we'll give it to somebody else. And it's complete nonsense. But this is what kind of goes on, you know. Now, I don't think that I'm the only one that was shocked at the news that the Breakfast Republic was finishing up. Did, was it something that you expected or was it a real shock to the system? Well, you see, like we had, like in fairness, behind the scenes, it had, we were talking about it and we were talking mm. about, you know, different sort of uh, uh, setups, lineups, you know, people moving here and there. So there wasn't, there wasn't any kind of great secret or it wasn't a massive shock. Like in fairness to the powers that be in 2FM, we'd had lots of conversations around it and, you know, there was talk of me moving to another show and then that didn't happen. You know, so there's a lot of stuff going on. But I think the problem for me wasn't necessarily, I mean, the, the breakfast show finishing up was was a catalyst to something, but it was more just me kind of going, hang on a second, I need to deal with stuff that I haven't dealt with here. That, And it wasn't really stuff that, it wasn't the pressures of the breakfast show, it was stuff from when I was young or I just never really kind of... Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happened to me that I kind of buried that I never really dealt with. And this was an opportunity. You know, this was a moment where I went, OK, w- whatever has happened here, I didn't feel I felt like somebody else was in control of my future. But also I needed to make sure that whatever happened you know, in a year's time or whenever I was ready to do the next thing, you know, the next gig, whatever it was, that I would be 100 percent ready. Mm. And that's what led me to go to therapy because I was like, well, I want to make sure I'm I've got. You know, I, I was physically healthy. I was good with my food. I was, you know, I was I was too good with my food. As I was saying earlier, I, I, I'd written this list of, I was writing a chapter for a book and I'd written this list of things I was doing at a certain point. And I was, at one point I was training for a marathon. I was doing the breakfast show. I was going to the gym and training at the same time. I was playing for, like, I was doing all these oh things. Oh my God, yeah, go, it's go, a go, lot. Go, 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 mm. go, 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 everything. I was really good at my nutrition. I was, you know, I was, <laughs> but I, like I was so good I was it was too much there was too much going on I was I was manic I was frantic and uh, I, this just this just gave me an opportunity to go okay well, what's going on in your head take some time out 
And uh, yeah, it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. And, you know, you, as you said, you, you went to therapy and, you know, initially, because I know in my own experience, um, you know, when people, when my doctor recommended that I go to therapy or whatever, I was going, no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, how is this going to help me at all? This is not going to fix what's going on with me now. I was very sort of, I'd put up a wall to it straight away. Had you that sort of experience or were you open to it? Well, I had put up a wall for a while because it was probably something I should have done years ago. So, you know, obviously I thought I didn't need it and I was handling everything fine. Um, but just to give you an example, I rang a friend of mine during the lockdown, the first lockdown, and he's, he was over in England. And he wasn't doing too good and his mom and dad weren't well and his sister wasn't well and all this stuff was going on. And he was kind of like, he was telling me this and I said, look, would you talk to somebody? And he said, why would I talk to somebody? I said, well, because it would be good for you. And he said, what, is, is a therapist going to get rid of COVID? And I was trying to explain to him, I said, no, but it will help you cope better with what's going on. And that's mm. all it ever is. It's not like the, it's not like anyone's going to fix anything. But sometimes you can get so caught up in or whatever's going on and you, you just can't, it's a fog, you know. And you can't see clearly that, you know, there is a better way. There is a way out. There is a, a solution. You know, you're banging your head off a brick wall when you could be just standing beside a door that's open. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's such a good way of putting it. It really, it really is. And, you know, for you as well, you know, I just loved, by the way, because I, I, I obviously follow you on Instagram as well. And you did something really brave towards the end of last year. You recorded this very personal video. You put it online and it really affected me. I was delighted to hear that you were speaking out about it. But how did it feel to post it to say, do you know what? I've been experiencing these problems and we need to talk about it. Yeah, it was interesting because I'd been talking to uh, Lucas, the guy I go to, he's my therapist, and uh, he'd been talking to me about the word vulnerable, you know, using this word vulnerable, like, you know, mm. you, you need to be vulnerable. And I was kind of thinking vulnerable, so like not wearing a helmet when you're playing hurling, you know, physically <laughs> vulnerable. I didn't really get it. And it sort of clicked with me then. Um, somebody had asked me to give a talk in their work, place of work about mental health because it was mental health week and would I come in and talk about mental health and I said oh I'm going to talk about my my experience with therapy and I decided to record it on Instagram live rather than write out try and write it out because I thought well if I record it live then it's live and I can't edit it and I have to speak from the heart and I have to speak in the moment and yeah it was just me being vulnerable about what I was doing and it helped me a huge amount because now I'm able to talk about it. Now I'll talk to anybody about, you know, my experience. And uh, just being vulnerable can can uh, can get you a long way along the road of, of feeling better and just unblocking stuff, you know, uh, just getting stuff moving, you know. Because yeah. I hadn't really been in touch with emotions. And, you know, it's things like, you know, you know, being learning again how to be how to f be in a moment where you feel like crying and yeah. being okay with that or, you know, laughing at something like proper, like belly laugh at something, you know. So all those things, but to being vulnerable and doing and doing that and talking honestly about what I'd done um, was was massive, you know, it was a massive moment for me and, and other people got a lot from it as well, which was obviously a bonus, you know. Oh God, they really, they really, really did. And talking about feeling <laughs> vulnerable and putting yourself out there because you've put a lot of what your experiences into a play. I love the name, by the way, it's called Pure Mental. <laughs> yeah. And you've, you've thrown yourself into something creative, which is great as well. This was streamed online in June. So was this essentially you wrestling your own demons on stage for our entertainment? <laughs> yeah, kind of. No, well, like, the audience are, are my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm using you guys. Yeah, it was. It, it's kind of like um, you kind of have to try and sometimes make an opportunity out of um, maybe a disappointment. You know, mm. uh, like this thing had happened to me, and it didn't. It wasn't something I set about doing. Uh, but but 
part of my therapy was to write. So I, I would keep journals every day. You know, I'd write a journal in the morning. And that would just be writing down nonsense. And then I started this creative writing course and I started writing stories. And I ended up with, I ended up with a show, basically. Yeah. And it is just, it's my experience of therapy, why I went and what I discovered. And it's kind of a going back to my childhood and going forward to the present day. And, you know, what happened, you know, when the breakfast show finished up. And it kind of starts with the breakfast show finishing up. And it ends up then with me figuring it all out, kind of, you know. So it's a journey, you know, and, and it's my journey. And it's my personal experience. So, yeah, it's definitely like it's, you know, talking about being vulnerable. It's definitely to the nth degree, you know. <laughs> it really <laughs> but, is, yeah. And, you're, but, you know, yeah. you're you're away from the mic. You're, you're, you're not able to kind of hide behind the microphone. You're right there on the, on the stage as well. Uh, but, you know, in terms of um, if I was to say to you, OK, you can go back in time, right? And you can have a chat with yourself, you know, as a youngster. So say Keith of a about eight or nine, right? Uh, now, you can't change anything about what's going to happen to him, but you can give him a little bit of words of advice or words of wisdom about life. What would you like young Keith to know? Jesus, I don't know. You see, what I would say to him is find somebody you can talk to, like really talk to, you know, about what's going on and be honest with them. But even looking back then, there was very few people you could talk to because like the 80s, 70s and 80s in Ireland were a very difficult time and people didn't talk and you know, and part of like there's a bit in this play where I say, like, if you did share how you were worried about something or what was really going on, maybe people wouldn't listen to you. Maybe they'd think you were mental, pure mm. mental. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and so so it's, so what would I say? Just I think that I would say, you know, as soon as you can, you know, try and go see a therapist and talk mm. about the things that you've you've been through because you need to. And And that's the one thing I wish I'd done. I wish I'd started a therapy maybe in my teens. And I don't know what difference it would have made. Maybe it would have made no difference. It would have made a difference to me and how I coped with things and how I felt about things, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now that you have your mornings back, uh, you know, tell me about your morning routine. You're, I presume you're not as frantic getting out the door in the mornings because, uh, you know, and I find people who are successful at living their best lives have a very specific morning routine. So would you care to share yours with us? Yeah, I do. Like, I, it's kind of, it's, and to be honest with you, I'm going to be honest with you as well, because sometimes I have, I have, like everybody, you have a good day, you have a bad day. So I don't want anybody beating themselves up mm. over not doing, you know, not having the perfect morning routine, because sometimes you're on it and sometimes you're not. So ideally, I get up in the morning and I, I journal. So I'd write down a couple of pages of just nonsense, just my thoughts, get them out on the page. And then I maybe 10 minute, even just 10 minute meditation, which, and I just stick my headphones in, click on an app and just, take you know 10 minutes out and a bit of exercise in the morning which can be like a a, a little bit of a, you know i have this routine it's kind of 10 12 minutes of routine exercise or maybe a walk if i can but like this morning i didn't get to it because uh there was a child home from school uh, i had to come in here i had like a million and one things to do mm. and like that's the day i need to do it, yeah. you know yeah. and i didn't i just didn't get up on time you know and i was tired after like i've been rehearsing all weekend yes so it's right first, first morning where I was just like I was just shattered and I just didn't do it so like ideally what I would do is uh, is do- those things that I just told you but it just it, it, I don't I'm not I'm not that good you know you're only human I'm, Keith you're I'm only, only human, human. That's, I, and, and that's, that's it thing, you let yourself off the hook that's a big thing as well you know? yeah absolutely listen it has been absolutely wonderful to have you on Monday Motivation I wish you every success going forward best to look with the play the podcast by the way is brilliant as well and I know it won't be long before we hear you on radio at some point again but thank you so so much for taking the time to chat to me today great thanks a million Thank. 